Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, happy new year from Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. We are talking today about the boring neutral, which is one of my favorite new things to pay attention to in my office. I hope it's uh, meaningful to you. And um, also just wanted to give one more shout out to Laura's experiment, which starts in a couple days, I think uh, January 6th. So you still have time to sign up and I'm a huge fan. I've gotten a sneak peek of what she's doing for wives in particular. So um, if you're interested in changing your approach to your relationship in the new year, that's a great way to start. So check it out, laurasexperiment.com. And then here we go with the boring neutral. As always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around. Well, happy new year. (laughs) Happy new year. I haven't even like, um, this is a very different type of entry into the new year than I've ever had before. I guess I just... I I think I've just been too busy to even recognize that it's a new year and to celebrate and to do my normal freak out about exciting things and setting intention and, you know, all the things I love to do. I forgot to say, I haven't talked to you since last decade. Oh, right. It's been at least like a last decade. Yeah. can't say a decade, but Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you guys do for New Year's? What do you do? We split up. So Abby's birthday is the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just happened this year to split up because she had a bunch of friends over and they did a whole like birthday shindig. She turned 17 and then they spent the night and Rebecca was like uh, chaperoning and hosting that. And then I, uh, Mary and I went down to Sean's, which we usually nice. do on New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. I should have looked at his pictures closer. Um, I saw a bunch of pictures and usually I like to stalk knowing that you're going to be there and in those pictures, but I, I, mm. I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook much lately. From New Year's Eve? I don't think mm-hmm. we even took any pictures. We played poker. That was there fun. Were, oh, did you win? I did. Did you really? I really did. I really enjoy poker. I've been yeah. playing a lot of three card, which is a game my husband made up. And we've been playing it around a table with a bunch of college students. So, you know, obviously they're throwing a few back and it's been a good yeah. time. I've yeah. had, I've had a lot of fun playing card games. I, um, I wanted to tell you that I've decided that there's something I like and something I hate. Oh, okay. I, okay. I'm really excited to hear about this. Okay. The thing that I like is the word divine because it means like, um, Something is like special, like it's divine. It's just like scrumptious or sumptuous or something. Scrumptious. Okay. But then it also means like to figure out, like you divine? can divine the solution or divine the answer to a problem. Mm. I like that okay. word. I decided yeah. that I like it. And okay. here's something I hate. I hate when you have a three-way bulb and one of the, one of the settings doesn't work on the three-way bulb. Okay. Yeah. It's just, just, you know, add it to the list of things you hate. 
I was waiting for a dad joke. I'm not even joking. I was literally waiting for no, a dad was, joke. I'm literally telling you that this, as I begin 2020, I realize there's something I love and something I hate. You have some things that you care for and some things that you yeah. don't. Okay. Hate is um, actually a, a dirty word in our household. My my son will tell you um, because he's a kid, he he doesn't really understand that there's actual curse words out there. So we have yeah. words like like hate and um, potty words are bad words. So he, yeah. And, or stupid. Anytime you say stupid or hate, he'll tell you yeah. what's up. Anyway. Um, my 13 year old has a potty mouth. She is a, we're gonna have to put like a swear jar in our house because she's Ooh. totally like taking it on. Although I did read an article the other day, or didn't read an article. I read a headline that said uh, people who use curse words are often more intelligent than people who don't use curse words. That is contrary to my own belief, but um, no, that's interesting. Science. <laughs> um, <laughs> This message is for all of my lady listeners. Ladies, I want to invite you to join the Epic Wives Experiment. It is one way to kick off your 2020 relationship with the biggest bang. It is a live Facebook group for the month of January. I'm going to be coaching you through how to show up in your relationship for your partner the way they have always wanted you to show up. How are you going to change the trajectory of your relationship simply by shifting elements about yourself and this is all about teaching you how to do it the science behind it holding you accountable encouraging you through it and then giving you three experiments every single week to coach you through how to change some of your behaviors so that your partner is getting what they want in the relationship and you get to be the most epic amazing fantastic woman ever so join the Epic Wives Experiment. We close the doors January 5th. So if you are listening to this, I want you to go to laurasexperiment.com and sign up. It's only $39 and you get access to me for the entire month of January. We are doing live coaching calls. I'm doing live Q&As. I'm doing journal prompts. Girl, if you are listening to this, this is your time to dedicate to your marriage by going to laurasexperiment.com and join me for the Epic Wives Experiment. Hey, we actually decided we're going to talk about something that's going to help couples today and not just catch up and, and yeah. bullshit on the podcast. Well, I've been paying attention to something like really, um, like it's almost like I can't ignore it. And that usually happens to me, right? Where I get into these like little... Yep kind of like, uh, they're not ruts because they're good things to kind of get into, but, mm -hmm. but it's almost like I can't not pay attention in my office when, when I start to notice it. It's yep. that thing, right? When you buy a car and then you notice that everybody else has the same car. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've done it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Um, but, and I think, I think John invented this term, but I can't find it anywhere. So I'm mm -hmm. going to go ahead and say that I invented it, which is a okay. lie, but, um, until I can find it, I'm going to say, but it's this idea of what, um, oh, wait, hold on. I have to cut you off just for a second. Okay, I know you were just teeing it up. Yeah. I got a text message yeah. um, from somebody that said, Hey, I have newlyweds. Do you have any books that you can recommend to the newlyweds? And guess whose book got recommended to the newlyweds? Guess whose book got recommended to the newlyweds? It's your book. Come on, come on, come on. It's your book. book. Yes, it is. Uh, it's uh, the relationship alphabet. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I was thinking, I was like literally scouring over all of the relationship books we have ever read, recommended. And there's some that are really specific or there's people that have read like a few and they're kind of like 
going down the rabbit hole of relationship stuff. But I feel like the best place to start, I'm not even joking, is like for newlyweds who have never read anything, they don't know anything about relationships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. read the relationship alphabet. That was my plug for you. I want you to continue. I Thanks. totally cut you off, but well, I just, I just something came else? to me. I've been, um, I've been working kind of on the sly with this um, startup that is working on an app for couples. And they, mm-hmm. um, at first it was it was really, really broad. Um, but they finally have, um, narrowed their focus and I think it's the right one. They're kind of going to, um, I've got to be careful about how much I say. So people these days, they're kind of meeting on Tinder or eHarmony or match.com mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they skip the like friendship building steps. They kind of skip the kind of the getting to know you part, right? Because especially yeah especially when you're just looking for maybe a hookup or something. And then maybe you find out that you like them. You kind of put things in reverse order where usually Mm -hmm. maybe you meet somebody and you get to know them and then you fall in love and then maybe you have sex or whatever. Like things are Mm -hmm. kind of, the the orders are getting jumbled up quite a bit. And so I think that it's going to be really cool to help people, particularly who are adults and coming into a relationship space um, without kind of the, the longer runway to to now go back and go, okay, now, but what does it look like to build a relationship? You know, what does yeah. it look like to actually deal with relational topics? Like, yeah. and I think you're not wrong about the relationship alphabet because it has a strong survey across the whole body of yes. topics. And I don't care. I mean, the thing about that book too, is you don't have to read it in order. You know, if That's your name is Laura Heck, you can read like yeah. L and H and then Ryan mm-hmm. can pick R and then you can, there's no like, <laughs> there's no, there's no pathway through it. You can just pick something that you like. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. thanks for recommending it. Oh, um, you're welcome. Okay, so lead me into this this yeah, idea this that, that has uh, yes. Well, um, the phrase is the boring neutral, and mm. um, I think when I first encountered it, it was in one of John's books, and it, and basically he says something like this. He says, "Imagine that um, she walks into the room, and he's got his laptop on his lap, and she says, "Hey, I want to go see my mom this weekend." And he says, didn't, didn't you see her last weekend? And she says, yes, but you didn't see her last weekend. And then he says, well, the game is tomorrow. And she goes, it won't take long. Um, we can just go down there and back uh, real quick. And he closes the laptop and says, fine, that's okay with me. Right. That's the, that's the script. And if you imagine right. it typed out on a piece of paper, like a transcript, mm-hmm. that exists completely in the boring neutral Right. And then the, the, the kind of the way that John, I think he articulates it is says, imagine now that that actually is a script and there's a play and that that scene is taking place between two people who are in loving connection. Mm-hmm. And she says, Hey, I want to go see my mom tomorrow. He goes, didn't you see her last weekend? He goes, yeah, but you didn't see her. She goes, he goes, well, the game's tomorrow. Um, well, it won't take long. We'll go down and back. And, it's, and he closes the laptop gently and says, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or, direct the scene between a couple that's like in conflict. Yeah. I'm going to go see my mom tomorrow. Didn't you see her last weekend? Yeah, but you didn't see her last weekend. She's, well, the game is tomorrow. Well, um, it'll be, it won't be long. We'll go down there real quick and come back. And he, and he slams the laptop and says, fine, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Right. The exact <laughs> same words. Yeah. Yeah. But just cast through different lenses, you know? Yes. And I think I see this in my office a lot and I, can't quite understand what to do with it because it's, it's loaded with so many other things. But for example, I was watching a couple interact the other day and I swear to gosh, gosh, (laughs) this is me trying to to coach my, uh, my 13 year old out of her potty mouth. Um, I swear that he said something like, 
I just don't understand why you can't call me on the way home from dinner or on the way home mm-hmm. from work to let me know that you're late from dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I don't understand why you're yelling at me about it. I mean, why do you have to be so mad? <laughs> what was your response? And I just kind of said, hold on a second. Was that angry? Like, did, what, is what he just said angry? Cause I didn't totally, I didn't hear any anger. Like what am I missing? And yeah. so, um, I, I wonder about kind of what we can and should and need to do to help people take the boring neutral into the direction of the, of loving connection mm-hmm. versus like some kind of conflict statement that maybe isn't actually even there. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I literally, I did this, I mean, there's some things like we get in a rut and we repeat the same phrase over and over. And I have been saying literally like I am 19 years old. It's probably cause I've been hanging out with sisters, but uh, <laughs> I hate it. Um, but I had the same conversation where I had the pleasure of working with this couple. And I'll be honest with you. Oftentimes couples come to me and they are just sort of retelling the ruts that they've gotten into in the last week. A lot of times couples don't come to the office and sort of like strip down all of the masks that they wear to be on their best behavior for their therapist. And you don't necessarily get to see the conflict that goes on between couples when they're home because they kind of show up and are on their best behavior. Now, I, I had told this couple, I had the pleasure of actually watching it go down in front of me. And I just sat back and watched and the same exact thing happened where mm-hmm. um, she asked a boring, neutral question. It was completely flat, completely neutral. In a lot of ways, it was even like curious, inquisitive. It was wonderful. And his response was the same thing of like, I, I don't know how to respond to you when you ask it like that, which basically means I'm feeling defensive based on what you just said. And I paused and I was like, well, I'm just, uh, you know, this is the fun part about being a therapist is you get to be that ner- neutral third party without any of those filters that is either a negative filter that's going to filter that neutral thing that they say through a, a negative filter a negative lens. And then it sort of comes in and it gets interpreted as being critical or interpreted as being um, contemptuous or whatever it might be. So that was really neat to be able to pause and say, I didn't see or hear anything in in the way she said it It was very neutral, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm curious about what she just said, how that was interpreted as being negative or harsh or contemptuous or in any which way. And a lot of it is sort of the story that you're telling yourself or your filter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to this idea too, of positive sentiment override. I mean, and Mm -hmm. this is a hard one too, because it feels like what you want to do is go, Hey, imagine if you were, imagine if that was coming from a place of loving connection. No, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, cause he's an, or she's an, and I go, but, but what if it was, you know, and how do we get there? And it's weird because you don't want to tell people like, be nice or assume the best or believe, <laughs> believe, you know, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Although that's right. exactly what you're supposed to do is like yeah. choose kindness. And I've been saying to my kids lately this week in the holidays, and maybe even I should say to you, like, you got to be kind to yourself, you know, like it's mm-hmm. one thing to be kind to others in your house, but when it's, when you're not kind to yourself, then you start to take, you start to take things and put them in places that they don't belong or they're not helpful. And, mm-hmm. um, and I said, you know, I want you to be kind to your cousin, but first you got to be kind to you because you're being very cruel to yourself and it's not, it's not paying Mm. dividends for you, you know? Um, 
And so it's almost like if you look at these couples and say, hey, what if you started with kindness towards yourself? Like you are lovable. You are you are respected. You are mm-hmm. worthy mm-hmm. of kindness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it, it, back to this idea that that we tell ourselves stories, you know? Um, right. And if I'm telling myself a story that A, I don't deserve kindness or I was, I felt guilty about being late coming home from the office. And so instead yeah. of, instead of owning my own guilt, I'm, I'm, I got mad at you for getting mad at me, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's not kind to yourself or to the other. And so yeah. I think for me, the practice of pointing out the boring neutral and sort of offering up these different interpretations is I think so that couples can learn how to consider that themselves. You know, like mm. they can say, oh, maybe I should try that out. Or what if this was the boring neutral? Or what if I just saw this written out? I think that's the, like, okay, here's a really great example of where the boring neutral gets in trouble too is with texting, right? Because- Oh, 100% is just written. Yeah, and I'm gonna right? hear my, I'm gonna hear my own voice. Or I'm gonna attribute a voice to you and it may or may not have any basis mm. in reality, you know? Yeah, well, I, it kind of feels like it would be an interesting- exercise to give a script because after a while as a therapist, we get to know our couple's scripts pretty well. Um, and it goes round and round and it's yeah. the cycle that couples get into. So what if we wrote down a script that typically happens between partners and we just have them run through, okay, now try it this way. Okay. Now try it this way. And mm-hmm. they're sort of like, you know, like playing, playing these parts and yeah. there's one part that will probably feel pretty stinking natural. They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. this, I can, I can play this part of being you know, defensive. I can play this part of being uh, contemptuous in my tone or whatever. And then you have them flip the script. And now I want you to play someone who's grateful and gracious and kind mm-hmm. and empathetic and loving and see what that feels like. And, um, and it's kind of, I, that's a really interesting dynamic to get into of, of playing, playing these roles. Cause I do think that the more we practice playing that, other role that might not feel as comfortable to us, yeah. the more natural it becomes. Well, I think it, I think it's creating possibility, right? Like, um, as an actress, my daughter, she takes some courses from time to time and they do say exactly that. Okay. Try it this way. Okay. Try right. it that way. And just right. see what happens to your body. Where does your, what does your, what does your energy go? What does your face do? Yes. You know, do you know, the other way I use this and you've heard me say this dozens of times, I'm sure is this idea of um, and if you're listening, go ahead and put yourself in this scenario. So you want some pasta and you go in and you put the, um, you put the water on to boil and, um, and then you get the box of pasta out and you put it next to it right there on the stove. And then you get distracted. You probably get distracted by something that's not really worthy of your attention, like Facebook or, you know, some video game, or maybe just, um, playing with the dog or something, but you just kind of turn your attention away from the pasta. Your partner walks into the kitchen and they take the box of pasta, they see that the water's boiling, they take the box of pasta and they pour it in there. And you see them do this. What does your brain do? Um, does mm. your brain say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I totally forgot. Yeah, gosh, mm-hmm. I'm so hungry mm-hmm. too. So I really appreciate it. Or does your brain go, what? You, you did not have to do that. I, I just, all I did was go on Facebook for one minute. I mean, you don't have to, ugh. Such a judge neutral me, you know, judge me. Yeah, a neutral yeah, experience. Yeah, because the, the putting the pasta in the box, in theory, is a neutral behavior. Absolutely, you know? yeah. I suppose huh. I could heavily sigh and, you know, kind of slam the box down or something. But just in terms of 
but but your brain's doing something for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because you're appreciating your partner or because you're you're anxious about your relationship with your partner and whatever that is, obviously you want to kind of nurture the the first and correct the second um, mm-hmm. in whatever way that you can. So what do couples, what would you do once, once you have our listeners listening and they're going, okay, I recognize with, with these boring, these incident incidences of boring neutral in my life that maybe I have, um, what are you calling it? I call it a negative filter. You yeah. have a boring neutral experience. It goes through your filter, which can either be a positive filter. Or it can be a negative filter. It goes through the filter and the interpretation that you have um, is negative. So what do you then do with your couples when they recognize I want to change? I have a negative filter. I'm interpreting the boring yeah. neutral as negative. What do they do? I go into a little bit of education, to be honest. And I just say, hold on, let me talk for a second. And I'll say, mm. here's the deal. One of the one of the things that we know as a part of the body of research that we're aware of is that when couples are in positive sentiment override, meaning there's yeah. more positive energy than negative energy, Neutral actions take on a positive quality and negative actions don't have as much power. When you're mm-hmm. in negative sentiment override, then neutral actions take on a negative quality and positive actions don't take as much power. And sometimes I'll recite yep. that piece of research around the observation, which I won't go into right now. But um, Why not? I think it's a great study. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually one of my favorites and I don't mind. Me I, too. I, okay. Yeah. Um, it's this idea that couples were um, observed in their home in the evening doing whatever they do. So going to bed, making dinner, uh, helping with homework, bath time, whatever it was. And um, they had already been pre-screened into positive and negative sentiment. Right? So they already knew who was who had kind of what score. And the neutral observers watched these couples um, do... Uh, their behavior and they counted the number of positive interactions and, and the positive sentiment override couples had more than the negative sentiment override. That was obvious. That was part of the hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Um, what they didn't count on is when they asked couples to watch their videos back, the couples that had been pre-screened as in positive sentiment, they observed the same number of positive actions that the observers did. So a smile, a wink, a pat on the butt, a thank you, whatever it is, they, they mm-hmm. were able to count them one to one. The couples that were in negative sentiment override missed about a third of what the neutral observers saw. So they were, they couldn't see it. It literally, the fact that they were in negative sentiment override uh, distorted their, their view, their vision of reality. Right. Yeah. And so when I tell couples about that, to me, the, the, the natural next step becomes really clear, which is you've got to commit to, to positive interactions and actions. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got to look for ways to say, thank you. I'm proud of you. I enjoy you. I like you. I'm interested in you. And that sounds remedial to them. Yeah. But remedial is remedy, right? The, the word remedial is the root is remedy. And so the remedy has to be, I got to go back and pay attention to the things that I know are going well, if Mm -hmm. only to set yourself up to tackle the hard things. It doesn't mean negative things are going to go away. It means I'm going to be in a better mindset to deal with them. Yeah. Or or I'm going to be more equipped to deal with them because if I'm already wearing, like you like to say, my shit colored glasses, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the jugular every time. But if I'm, Mm -hmm. if I'm practicing the art of putting on, say my rose colored glasses, when you do something that bugs me, like come home late from the office, I'm going to say, gosh, I'm so glad to see you. Finally, Mm -hmm. you're here, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and we're reunited versus, it's nice to see you finally. 
Yeah. (laughs) The thing that I love about the study that you just shared is that it it really means that you might be in a situation where your partner is, in fact, and, and we hear this a lot when couples come into the office and they're both in this negative sentiment override. They're both in this negative place. They worry they're wearing their shit colored glasses. They interpret even the neutral things in their relationship as being negative. Um, or they just don't even see the positive things. It's really not about swapping the lenses out and saying, or or saying, well, why don't you why don't you up the ante? Why don't you do purposefully do really positive things in your relationship? Sure, that's helpful, but more it's about saying, take your shit colored glasses off. Yeah. And look at your relationships through clear lenses. Look at that. Look at all the positive things that are already happening, but you were missing them because you had these shit colored glasses on. Yeah. And I like that part because it's easy, Um, but you do have to be intentional and you do have to constantly be scanning your environment for, you know what, this is a good thing. This is, I like this a lot. And I guess I'm constantly looking for ways to hack the relationship. Like what are the, what can you actually do to take those lenses off and, and view your relationship, um, view the neutral, right? The, what did you call it? The boring neutral? Boring neutral. Yeah. Be, go for the state of boring neutral and, and figure out what really is negative, what really is positive and what's just kind of neutral in the relationship. And I think uh, just having a gratitude practice is really helpful because it's for and not and not just in your relationship, but just in life to start your day off and write 10 things that you are beyond grateful for every single day. And it forces you to be thinking about your life and your environment, your kids, your work, your job, your life, yeah. your health, and be thinking, what am I pleased with in life? And I think if you start training your brain in a more general sense to be scanning for the positives you can begin to look at your relationship in a much more positive way. Yeah. And my, my version of that is that I, as we've said before, I just start with yes. Even if no is, mm-hmm. even if I'm going to end up at no, I start with yes because it opens the door versus, well, versus closing it. Right. So my so kids. So expand is, on that a little bit. Starting well, with just, yes. You know, this, the, the, the most, the most common story I tell is this idea that Mary wanted to go to Mars and I knew right. that she wasn't going to. So I said, yeah, let's do it. Like, yeah. Like, Let's, and so we just, we had an expansive, open conversation where I could have been like, I mean, at the boring neutral level, and I would never do this with a nine-year-old. She would be like, dad, I want to go to Mars. I'd be like, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Like <laughs> you're not, you cannot go to Mars. Like that's, that, it's not happening. Or yeah. I could say, yeah, that's the best idea I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. You know, even though eventually I have to say, oh, shucks, we don't get to go. Yeah. At least I didn't start with, don't be so silly. Don't be so dumb <laughs> to suggest something so ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, I I think I did this, you know, recently, just I have the, like my college sisters and we're going through ideas of what, what do you want to do today? Like, what kind of things would you want to do in Bend, Oregon while you're visiting? And they're going through the, all of this like list of stuff like we could hot tub, we could go to the winery, we could <laughs> go snowboarding, we could. And I heard snowboarding. And these are two girls who have never been snowboarding in their life. They don't have any of the gear with them. It's way out of budget for college students to yeah. go up and you know, rent equipment and all of this. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. These are all great ideas. Yeah, they uh-huh. all are good ideas. And I think that's what you're saying is yeah. you start with yes, is that your partner comes to you and says something like, you know what? I think we should totally do a remodel of our master suite. And yep. you're like, yeah, that's, that's a great. really great idea. Let's keep talking. <laughs> or, or we don't have the money for that. I mean, you just spent money on a, on a boat. And so why, why would you yeah. even bring that up right now? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like you're like, go for it. I'm renting an apartment right now in the city and you don't know about it. You go ahead and re- remodel your bathroom. Um, no, that's okay. negative. Well, <laughs> I'm glad we talked about that because here's the thing. I think um, the value of what we just did, you know, we do that in our office and people pay lot of money for it. And we do that on the podcast and people listen to it for free, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You're allowed. Although being a patron would be really cool, but, <laughs> here's, but here's the deal. It doesn't matter unless you put it into practice. Like you got to go home and say, I'm going to actually mess around with this idea a little bit. Um, whether you're a paying client or just a, you know, a new year's podcast person or whatever. Um, these things don't, don't work until you go home and say, I'm going to create some energy around it for myself. So that's my encouragement to you for 2020 fair listeners. Um, so I, I like this and I would say, do one of these two things, start a gratitude practice where you're yeah. starting to change the way in which you look at your environment, find gratitude and happiness and joy and contentment in finding just the small menial things in life that you can be happy for and allow that to change your lenses that you see the world and your relationship through or start with yes, find ways to just respond with yes. And I don't think that what we're saying is yes, dear, whatever you want. What we're saying is, yes, that's great. Let's keep talking about that. Tell me more. Yeah, that's totally. the yes that we're looking for. So I would say commit to doing one or both of those things and see if you can shift, shift, um, from, from that negative sentiment override into a place of positivity. Yeah. Or even just go back into the boring neutral. I don't care. Hey, Zach. Yeah. I have one more thing to say. What's that? The Epic Wives Experiment starts on Monday. Yeah. Monday the yeah. 6th. Hey, ladies, I want you to join the Epic Wives Experiment. So go to laurasexperiment.com. It looks like laurasexperiment.com. <laughs> yeah it does hey laura happy new year thank you likewise happy new year don't forget to be kind to yourself thank you i'm going to have an extra cup of coffee in honor of myself i'm gonna go to the gym and hit things with sticks Hmm. will you take it like just a little bit of a video and send it to me because i would really love to see you hit things with sticks just a little video little video although i'm nervous today because my back is still bothering me so i'm gonna see how it goes Hmm. yeah okay okay bye bye Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Hey, Zach mentioned something pretty interesting, which we haven't talked about for a while, but it would be incredible in the spirit of a new year is if you became a patron of Marriage Therapy Radio. If you have enjoyed this, if you have binge listened, if you are a faithful tribe follower, we would love for you to become a patron. You can do that by going to marriagetherapyradio.com. There's a tab at the top that says Patreon. And to go there and sign up, you can become a patron for $5, for $25, for $100. We would love in any way for you to help us keep the lights on and keep these podcasts coming out. Thank you so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.